Hey, welcome to the 234th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmatfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. And I'm currently talking about the live action Resident Evil movies. And um, was there six of them? I think the the last one's going to be this week. So that's it. You can hear all about this. This week's going to be an extra, extra long site. It's going to be like a double, double episode. So it's going to actually be like close to 60 minutes. So you can get that being a Patreon supporter. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, I understand. That's unfortunate for me. But you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gman from heck. And you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. That is ko-fi.com slash gman from heck. So thanks to like, you know, uh, Brian's been giving me coffees like every every now and then. So I, I t- totally appreciate it. Every, every bit helps. What is happening this week? So this week, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of stuff. It's in, you know, there, there's no Star Wars shows. There's no Marvel shows. So we, we got a little of a break. <laughs> and there's like no CW shows. That's kind of a relief for me. I hate to say it, but it makes things a little easier, man, more, a little more manageable. But we still have a lot to talk about. Uh, movie feature is going to be Uncharted. There's a bonus sort of movie feature, Catwoman Hunted. So that is the animated home video, Warner Brother home video release. That actually came out, it was like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago almost. So a little late there. And we got the season finale of Peacemaker. We have the latest servant. We got Snowpiercer. Um, I might say so I, I wanted to talk about Severance. I might talk about just like the very beginning, just to, just kind of like a preview. It I think to make things more manageable. If if it's okay with you guys, if you want to hear about, because I, I do want to talk about. It. I'm definitely going to watch it. I don't need to talk about it. You know, I could just watch it and enjoy it myself. But we'll we'll see if there's. We'll see how it goes. Um, but maybe I'll just do like a little sneak peek. Because I'll admit it, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. But we'll talk more about that later. So maybe I'll, I'll sneak that in just to, to give a tease, and we'll see if, if that continues. Um, but let's talk about the news first. So first thing, big news. This is exciting. This is cool. Peacemaker has been renewed for a second season. That is awesome because it's it's been it's been such an amazing show. And what what is amazing about it is the fact that like the characters. They kind of suck. They're they're kind of jerks. I mean, they're they're not the most likable characters, but somehow James Gunn is getting us to care about them, and it's just crazy. Because like after watching the Suicide Squad, you know, I I've never been like a huge John Cena fan because you know I wasn't sorry I wasn't really ever into wrestling. I mean, I watched the old school wrestling. You know, back in the day, you know, WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan, you know, Roddy Piper. <laughs> all, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like when Mr. T was there, Captain Lou Alabama, Sidney Lopper, Sidney Lopper involved with the wrestling. It's like, what was going on? Clever Lang, Mr. T, what? What? Uh, Roddy Piper, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Anyways, uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't even know anymore. I, I, I just, oh, so John Cena, right? He's a wrestler. <laughs> so, 
and what he did in the Suicide Squad, I'm like, oh man, the peacemaker, what a joke, <laughs> as uh, Rick Flagg said. But yeah, man, so I can't wait to talk about this week's episode or something. So that's gonna be cool. But what I realize as I'm watching it, well, one, I don't know when we're gonna be able to get the second season because James Gunn's kind of busy. You know, we want him to be involved because I'm sure he's the main reason, you know, for the magic. You know, he's one writing it and, you know, I don't know if he did he direct all of them. I think he did or most of them. Maybe I think he did all of them. So, you know, it's it's basically because of him. And obviously we have some you know awesome writers or I know he's writing it. We have awesome actors and producers and editor, you know, all that stuff like that. So obviously, you know, it's it's, it's a whole team. But, you know, we need his his stamp on there. He's going to be working on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and there's that other Suicide Squad spinoff, which they haven't released any details for that yet. So I just wonder when it's going to happen. You know, I don't know how fast he works on how much he writes, and so we'll have to see, but, but that's going to be cool. Anyways, um, what I realize is we're not going to be able to have the same opening intro. I love that intro, and I will watch it every single time. I will never, never fast-forward skip that intro it's just just something about it, and I, it's. But we can't have that intro anymore, which kind of makes me sad. But I guess I guess the good thing is we'll get a new one. But I I don't, I don't want that to be over. <laughs> I don't want the show to be over, but the season's over. Okay, um, Stranger Things news. So uh, Stranger Things season four is coming this year. They're going to split it over to two parts, which I I'm kind of fine with that. You, I, there's nine episode. You could split it over nine parts, as far as I'm concerned. Do it one episode a week. They're not going to do that. So I, I guess there's only nine, and they're going to release half of it. So I don't know if they're going to do four or five the fir- first time. It's going to be on May 27th is the first half, and then just I think it's like five weeks later, July 1st will be the second part. So that's cool. I I'm totally down with that. I I think that's good. I know people love binging, but I, I just think, you know, having having one a week is is good. Otherwise, it's just overwhelming. And, you know, I've said this so many times for me on the show, like like Disenchantment, you know, I would love to talk about that. But now at this point, it, there's it's like it, it's way too late. It's been out for so long. And if people have binged it, you know, they, they've watched them all. And so I just like it when it's one a week. It's, it just makes it more manageable. But... And if, if you want to binge it, then just wait till you know all of them air. Then you can watch them all at once. But I don't know. But then people got spoiled. Well, yeah. Then you you have to worry about spoilers. But not everyone can binge it all at once. And then spoilers are out there. So I don't know. It's just it's annoying. Oh, what I should have talked about uh, before. So uh, last week we had the Super Bowl game, or the, the big expensive commercial game. So there was a new trailer for Moon Knight, and um, nothing. Nothing was like overly revealed. I mean, there's that that picture of spoiler, Mister Knight, um, in in Empire magazine. That was like a bigger spoiler, I think. But we do see like the cape, like in the shape of a crescent, which has been done in the comics so many times. I don't know how that the physics of a cape would work, that and the, the size of that physics would work in real life. But I don't care because it looks really cool. So. I, I can't wait for this show. And I, I again, I hope it's more than one season. So, oh, I'm so excited for that. Uh, there is, oh, F. Murray Abram is going to be the voice of Khonshu. So that that's interesting. I saw, I think it was like on Reddit, someone's like, they're, they're kind of hoping that uh, Oscar Isaac would be doing the voice. So it'd be kind of like an aspect of himself versus 
something else? Because then, you know, is it really a God talking or is it his mind making him think someone's talking? But whatever. I mean, F. Murray Abernett, that'll be, be cool to hear. There was also a Doctor Strange trailer. And what I realized, so the, the bummer was they, they apparently showed the Doctor Strange trailer during the pregame thing. Because I started watching the game, uh, you know, like maybe five, ten minutes before the game started. Actually, it was cl- probably closer to five. And I had missed the Doctor Strange trailer already. So it's like I had to go back and watch it. And, and I only watched it the one time because, you know, I wanted to keep up with the game and keep up with the other commercials and, and all that. So oh, there's a lot going on in this trailer. And there's there's a lot of rumors. You know, there's supposedly some leak stuff. I never trust any of the leak stuff because I don't know if they're real. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they've been proven to be real. But you just never know. And, you know, things can always change and, and all that. So you watch the trailer, and um, there's, like, some things I, I didn't even didn't realize. There's there's some empty chairs at some point when, you know, Moon Knight or Moon Knight. Doctor Strange is, is in trouble for stuff. So the big question, you know, speculation, all that, is it the Illuminati? Are they going to be there? And But then, you know, where's, like, the TVA? Uh, that, like, maybe that's, I don't know. And um, you hear a voice, and it sounds very much like Patrick Stewart. I don't know if, if he's been confirmed in it or if it's just, you know, it's speculation, if it's just a big secret. And even if he is in it, you know, we don't know necessarily if he's Professor X. I mean, it, it seems like who else would he be? That that would be weird. It's almost like you know if they bring in any of the Fox X Men, which you know that would be cool. But it's almost like are we trying to do like what a certain other movie kind of did, and you know get that nostalgia, you know, because that would be cool to see these other characters from a different time or different Earth or reality multiverse, whatever. So we'll have to see. There's also a glowing figure that people are saying is like, is that Superior Iron Man? You know, is that a different Tony Stark? You know, from uh, Tom Taylor and um, Yildiray um, Sinar, I think. And because there, you know, there's been rumors, speculation that Tom Cruise is playing an alternate reality Iron Man. I would be surprised if that was actually true, but who, who knows? I mean, maybe they're going all out. So a lot of speculation over that. So watch the trailer again and again if you want to, to get a better idea. Obi-Wan news, John Williams is doing the theme to Obi-Wan. So that's, that is awesome. That is, is great that you know we're, we're getting the master you know, contributing to that. Um, he's just he's done such an amazing job. So I, I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be really cool. Uh, if you like Star Trek, for some reason, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I guess negotiations are underway with Chris Pine to get him back. You know, they're, they're trying to get a was it? How many Star Treks are have there been two only? Is this the third one? I don't even know. And it doesn't sound like they're gonna. Like, I don't think, I guess Chris Hemsworth hasn't been approached. You know, there's no negotiations with him. Because the last that we heard, it was supposed to be where Chris Pine somehow teams up with his dad, Chris Hemsworth, and, you know, they go on some mission, you know, time travel, something or whatever. But so maybe that's, it's going to be a totally different script, a new script or whatever, some other version of something. So we'll have to see. And it, it stinks when it comes down to money. And, you know, someone's not being greedy if that's the case, but you know, you you want to get what you deserve because you know there's supposedly uh, I don't know if, if people are calling it. Uh, I saw John DiMaggio tweet like Bendergate, where you know the whole thing about is he going to return to Futurama or not, and he he said, hey, yeah, it's it's about 
you know, money. And he, he's like, I don't necessarily think that I should be paid more. I, I feel like everyone should be paid more. <laughs> there was one comment someone replied to him. They're like, oh, you know, that, that's kind of too bad. You know, it always comes down to this and, you know, makes, makes you sound greedy. And, you know, it's like, you know, who cares about the fans, right? But it's like, no, that, that's not the fact. Or that's, that's not how it is. Yes, people, I mean, the actors, they should get paid what they deserve. Or they deserve to be paid. They should get paid what they deserve. Yeah. I don't know why that doesn't sound right. So it's it's like one thing, yeah, out of the, you know, you want to think about the fans and that, but why why should you take a cut and then have the corporate, you know, powers that be or whatever make all the money off it? It shouldn't be that way. You know, you share the wealth or whatever. If the talent is bringing in the people, they sh- should get their equal share. You know, it, it there's one thing, yeah, you know, people are financing it, making it happen, and you know, if if you didn't have all this stuff then you know you're not going to have the same platform because you know like take take this show for example when i was working for a bigger website i had a bigger platform like a built-in platform and then you know and yeah it, it kind of goes both ways you know i would feed feed it help it grow and so forth but you know it was it it helped to have that exist as i go on my own there's probably, you know, I would constantly get people like they had no idea that I have my own website or my own podcast and stuff like that. So I don't have like the advertising means, you know, I can't make the same type of, I can't, I don't have the same reach as I had before, unfortunately. So you could get some talented voice actor, or whatever, they could try to do their own thing, but are they going to be able, they're not going to be able to distribute it or whatever. Obviously, if you get someone like John DiMaggio, yeah, that's, you know, bankable talent right there you know you know that it's it's going to be good but you get what i'm saying so, so hopefully hulu makes somehow makes it work it's like fox is disney involved with this still i, I wonder how, how that even works so I, I don't know i i want it to happen we'll have to see speaking of um maybe fox or something the alien tv series so there's been a little more talk about this and again there's gonna be no legacy characters you know it's taking place before ripley it's supposed to be like um 70 years from now like the the, the end of the you know turn of the century whatever on earth so yeah you know don't expect to see any characters that we've seen in the other movies because they're not alive so we have that it sounds like it's may not air till 2024 because I, I I don't even think they've started like production on it yet. So um, don't hold your breath for that. You know we're gonna have to wait for that. But again, it's better to wait than have it rushed and be you know crap. Speaking of of having to wait, um, it looks like The Last of Us isn't gonna air in 2022 because they're they're still shooting I guess up in Canada. So they probably have some of them finished but they're since they're still working on it and then they got to do post-production and all that so it may not happen this year but again you know i, I don't want to rush it so and not, not that i'm have anything to do with it but you know what i'm saying um a quiet place two or three <laughs> quiet place three is is in the works okay i mean i guess that kind of makes sense we also have a quiet place spinoff movie that i'm a little like okay really so more more quiet place <laughs> and it's the funny thing is i tell my students I, or i don't tell i should tell all of them i told one class i was like man if, if it was a quiet place you guys would all be done you'd be toast because they cannot stop talking you know it's just like like constant 
they feel the needs like they have to talk you know they're they can't just sit there and work quietly you know if, if i say okay we got you know 50 minutes start your homework and they're just like talking is so so if if they couldn't talk man those, those alien creature things would be smashing through and i'd be like they're over i'd be running the other way like hey the classroom's over there I shouldn't do that. That's bad. But whatever. I mean, if you're you're not gonna be quiet, I'm not. I don't want to be close to you if you can't quiet. Sonic the Hedgehog three is gonna happen. Um, isn't two's hat coming out? What March? Right next month. I hope it's good. Um, so I'll, I'm sure I'm gonna be talking about that on the podcast because I don't think there's anything else coming out that week. So I liked the first one was okay. Um, we'll see how the second one is. Uh, I I know nothing about it. I you know I haven't watched anything. I don't know if anything's even been released, but we have that. And I, I guess there's a Knuckles spinoff show happening on Paramount Plus, which of course because you know they you want it, you want all this exclusive streaming stuff. So that that's cool. What I found out is there's a, a Big Nate TV show. I don't know if it's a Nickelodeon thing or if it's just I think it's on Paramount Plus. I haven't looked. But I love Big Nate that that comic. Uh, you know, I, I have a couple like the, the the big you know collected books in my classroom, and uh, so it's it's like a CG version, which you know everything is CG these days, I guess. I haven't checked it out, but I don't know how. Looking at the trailer, like the voices, just like. Mm. But then what I realized also, it's it's almost like there's some similarities between Big Nate and like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, you know, because he he draw. Well, I guess there's just a cartoon thing. He's not keeping a journal, but. Big Nate was out first. I'll just say that. Um, also, Paramount Plus. So, Halo has been renewed for a second season, even though the first season hasn't come out yet. That makes sense. You know, hopefully they do a good job because, you know, there's a lot of Halo fans, I'm assuming. So, I hope it, it's cool for them. What It's what they want. Um, more video game stuff. Netflix got the rights to do a, like a Bioshock movie. So, that, that could be interesting. There's going to be a Wonder Twins movie at HBO Max. So Adam Siskiel is going to be directing it. I think that's cool. I just wonder how they're going to do it. You know, are they going to kind of make it, you know, try to make it dark and edgy? Or are they going to kind of make it silly? That'll be interesting to see what they do with that. And, you know, we recently had like Wonder Twins comics and it was a little on the kind of goofier side. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Not, you know, don't make it like Peacemaker, but, you know, kind of make it where, you know, make fun of things a little bit. And, you know, that's how, you know, Mark, it was Mark Russell, right, that wrote the comic, probably, because that's why it was, was so funny then. You know, have some humor, poke fun at, at yourselves at, you know, the DC Universe or whatever, but don't make it, don't make it like Peacemaker level of crudity. Um, that that could be fun to, to, to see. Not not that, just a, a, a lighthearted wacky wonder twins thing there's apparently going to be a chippendale rescue rangers movie now what's um kind of interesting about this is it's it's like taking place in the real world and it's like after the facts like 30 years later you know basically it's like a kind of like a behind the the music things if, if you remember that where you know they were very successful and then everything kind of went crashing down. So like, what happened to him? And it turns out like Dale underwent CGI surgery. So you have Chip, who's kind of like two D animation, and then Dale's like CG. So you have two different versions of, of Chipmunks on the same screen. That's kind of funny. 
I, I'll admit it's going to be kind of interesting. But yeah, so it's it's like kind of them in the real world, and okay, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm trying to think like if they did just like a regular Chippendale Rescue Rangers like movie, like traditional like here's a story, do that. I I I wonder if it wouldn't be as appealing to you know it might the the hardcore fans are like oh yeah that's cool I'll wait till it's streaming, but. By throwing in the the live action and kind of being aware of certain things, I don't know if will that get more attention. Maybe I mean it. It kind of makes me like, hmm, what? Well, we'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, I hope that that's good. And uh, the last bit of news is Justice League of America Avengers crossover. It is going to be reprinted. So people have been talking about this. So um, George Perez. Sadly, you know, he announced that he has a terminal pancreatic cancer and he's not undergoing treatment because he wants to uh, he wants to like live out the rest of his time, whatever, not having to worry about like treatment and, you know, s- stuff like that. So he doesn't have much time left. And a lot of people are like, you know, Marvel and DC should, you know, reprint the, the big crossover and honor him and, you know, do stuff like that. So it's going to happen. The down, so, so Hero Initiative is, is taking part and helping make this happen somehow. What concerns me is there's only going to be 7,000 copies. And to me, it doesn't seem like that's a lot. In terms of comics, that's not a lot. I mean, maybe, I don't know. So it's going to be 7,000 copies, $29.99. I would love to get that. One, it's, it's a great series. And I, I still have those books. You know, I have, you know, a lot of my comics, like me trying to find them would be like crazy. But I would definitely get that, you know, if it goes to help him and his family, you know, I, I think that would be awesome. And I will definitely, you know, pay 30 bucks for that. I hope I can get a copy. And, you know, this is something it's, it's, I, I feel like people are going to want to buy this and I shouldn't be saying this. Uh, hopefully you listeners aren't going to do you listeners. You're not going to buy it like, Oh, I'm going to buy, you know, 10 copies and sell them for a hundred dollars each or, you know, whatever, <laughs> maybe more They're They're going to, so you look at how much like omnibuses, like how much like, you know, when stuff goes out of, out of print, they, the prices skyrocket. So this could easily jump up, but I just, I just want my one copy from, for me, you know, I, I'm not looking for an investment. Hopefully, I'll be able to get one. And um, hopefully, you've enjoyed the news because that's it for this week. Okay, as far as comic books at Image, it, should I be reading Kingspawn? I mean, I wanted to read it. I have, you know, I know I have like most of the issues, I think. And, you know, I wonder, it's like, oh, here's a new Spawn comic. But I think the first issue, I was like, wait, this is like, referencing heavily like other stuff which which is good and you know, it should so i don't know if it's like new reader friendly or not so i haven't been reading it but i i want to but i i really don't know how it's going um ordinary gods uh the first volume came out so that's like kyle higgins so you should check that out i should you know check that because i i i didn't I, I fell behind on that um, so I, I should maybe you know give it another shot you know to, to catch up. Righteous Thir- Thirst for Vengeance issue five. I'm I'm really intrigued by this book. So this is Rick Remender. So that right there is you know a reason to buy it. Andre Arujo does the art, 
and we have this dude he's he's not like your typical like action star you know type of guy and you know he's he's not like heavily skilled or anything like that but he can definitely hold his own and he's it's like weird he got found him got himself in this like bad situation and it's, it's like you know it's like is he like the the most wholesomest guy or whatever like what what is going on here but you can see you know he made himself available to take part of some stuff but then now we see that you know he's is trying to do the right thing and help some people and things are all of a sudden like just kind of getting nuts and just yeah things the stuff's like hit hitting the fan here and, and it's just it's it's pretty pretty crazy um silver coin so this one was by Vita Ayala. Man, this I I dig this book, but it's it's just like it, every every week or every not every week every month is like such a downer because you know something bad is always going to happen. The, the coin is 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 cursed. You know it's it's bad. Things are are going on, and uh, so this is another one. We we have this dude. This is wait. I'm trying to think of which. Uh, why do I have two different ideas in my head? I'm trying to think which one I read. This was a guy who was like burning, you know, he he was like a was he a detective? And he's a like a shady dude and you know he's like participating like arson and stuff like that and you know he's he's got the coin and you know things aren't going to things may not go too smoothly for everyone. But now I'm thinking I I guess I still have last the last issue stuck in my head where they had the business dude who had like the coin collection in his office and then there was like the 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 janitor dude who's like like kind of obsessed with looking at the coin and he wants to steal the coin and then you know people start dying and stuff like that i think that i'm pretty sure that was last one so anyways there's this book michael walsh i i love his art and um you should be reading this book that's all you need to know um time before time issue 10 came out i need to get caught up on that um, I thought this was like a like a five issue series, six issue series, and it's still going. So that's that's cool. Undiscovered Country Volume, the Trade Paperback Number Volume Three came out, so you can um, read that if 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 you if you're reading it, if you're waiting for the trades. What's the furthest place from here, Volume Four? This this book, I just there's something about it. I don't know what it what it is. It's it's just something really you know. So Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss. It's you know this post-apocalyptic world. You know I've I've talked about this all the time. There's just something about it where you know all these kids and there, there's like no adults and so the kids kind of have are like in these little families, these little groups, you know, and they're kind of like gangs basically. And one of their their own is missing, and you know they they don't know where she's at. Like what happened? Did she just leave? Did someone take her? And and so they ventured out, but then you know they went in other people's territory as they're looked for, her, and their place gets gets destroyed. Um, so now they're they're out there, and then they end up at this carnival, you know, taken there, and it's like, what's there's supposed to be like big meeting of all the different groups. It's like what's going there? It's horrible. I'm doing a horrible job explaining it, but it's and it's just the art and the colors is great. It's it's a fantastic book. I'm just a really really I'm really enjoying that. So I highly recommend that. At Boom Studios, we had G.I. Joe, Real American Heroes, Saturday Morning Adventure, Issue 1. Um, so the art here, it's it's a, you know, Dan Schoening does art. Eric Burnham writes it. And it, it looks like the animated series. You know, it's, it's, it's very crisp and clear, you know, if that makes sense. You know, it, it almost looks like it's, you know, 
cell not cell shaded drawn or whatever it so it's really cool it has has that that feel um but again i don't think it was was it a saturday morning cartoon because i remember watching it weekdays like you know five five episodes a week i mean did it start off as a saturday morning maybe i didn't watch it in the very 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 beginning uh, i don't know but anyways um <laughs> what's going on here so if you ever watch the cartoon things get pretty wacky you know it, it's I, I i dug the show but you know when you go back and watch them you're like what so what happens here long story short um cobra gets a hold of an artifact and inside the artifact artifact is like a genie's lamp <laughs> and there is an actual like a literal actual genie in there oh Cobra, you're such a knucklehead, and yeah, things are things. <laughs> and there's even like a, a PSA at the end, you know, you know, knowing's half the battle. So you should check this out. This, I I I'm I'm glad I I, I read this comic because <laughs> it, it, it was something. Um, at Boom Studios, uh, Angel, uh, I didn't read Angel number one. Angel number two came out, and I didn't read anything else. At DC, uh, so let's see, uh, Robin's issue four. So again, I think that came out last week, and I hate to say it, but I'm not loving this. Um, I'm intrigued with the idea of this other, you know, person saying that they were, you know, this girl saying she was a Robin before, like Dick Grayson. Which I hope that's not true. You know, don't rewrite history and all that. But I, I guess what what throws me off, of course, there's a continuity thing. Is like when is this taking place? You know, that that's always such a huge um annoyance for me i wish it wasn't but the other thing is like 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 dick Grayson's hair is like really long like longer than normal and and it's it's the point where he, like he even he even wears a man bun at some points it's like i don't know if he would do that but so there's a, a little like some some of the personality is a little con- not conflicting with they just seem off a little bit and just the way they're they're acting and working together but uh yeah so but I, i'm i'm curious to see wh- where this is gonna go um i don't know uh detective comics 1052 right that's what came out no 1053 so we have more on the um arkham stuff and and things are just getting bad where again we we kind of know how things are going to explode and and you know because psycho pirate is kind of controlling everyone and this dr weir is trying to get the money from the mayor and and saying that you know he's got this miracle cure and everything like that and things are are just like not quite working out so it's just a huge powder keg and i hope that they can bounce back from this because you know the whole idea a lot of people are skeptical about reopening an arkham or whatever and then if it's just like right from the beginning things go bad that's that's not gonna be good uh, the Flash 779. I totally, I don't know how I missed this. So, um, Iray, uh, Wally's daughter, you know, hasn't made a new friend and she's kind of a troublemaker and she's kind of, kind of like a brat a little bit. Somehow I totally missed it. She, this is Animal Man's daughter. It's like, how did, did I, did I just completely miss it? Did I ever mention like her, her full name, like her last name? Like, how did I not catch that? So, Iray and Jay, right? Is that Jai? Uh, they they end up kind of reuniting with or get, meeting up with their their father and helping him, and along with Animal Man's daughter, 
but then we have uh, like the Eclipso f- stuff with the Justice League Dark. Um, so it, this was a fine issue. But then uh, at the end, there's a uh, something happens to Linda. There's a pretty big development for her. So that's all I'm going to say. That that could be could be interesting. Could be kind of nuts. Nightwing issue 89. So here we have a crossover with Superman, Son of Kal-El, or whatever that, that series is called. Um, and it makes sense that we're getting a crossover with these two since they're both awesomely written by Tom Taylor. So we, we can see them. Uh, and it, it, it just felt very smooth the way it just happened. Because, you know, at first when you're reading it, you're, you're like, wait, I'm not reading Superman. I'm actually, this is actually a Nightwing book. But it almost felt like it was a Superman book, like continuing from, wasn't it last week we had the other issue? So um, it, it's it's cool to, to see the, the two meet. And, uh, you know, there's like this flashback and everything like that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm digging that. Justice League 72. This issue, I believe this was a setting up like a, a new arc where uh it like starts off as Zatanna gets like a vision of black adam being bad and so she's like you know something's gonna happen here is he turning bad is he getting possessed something's happening so <laughs> uh basically you got some justice league dark and i'm just like oh man i don't i don't know what it is what my problem is with them but i just I, I don't know. I mean, I like the characters. I like a lot of most of them, but it's, there's something about it. It's like I it's just it just doesn't work for me. I don't know what, what's happening. Um, Green Lanterns one or the one eleven issue eleven. I'm I'm just I'm not getting into this book either, and I'm just like waiting. I'm waiting for this whole mess to clear up. And by mess, I mean like with the Green Lantern cord being basically destroyed and with what's going on with the rings and there's no power battery and where's the guardians or some guardians are evil, evil guardians and what, um, but it's good. We have how we have John, we have, um, what's her name? Mullen, Mullen, Joe, Joe Mullen, Mullen. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know about that. Um, then we have Supergirl woman of tomorrow issue eight. And yeah, I will say, so we had Comet in here, and there was, I don't know, I mean, I'm I'm assuming you know, like, the facts about Comet. I, I just remember I wrote a, an article about <laughs> Supergirl making out with her horse. And if, if you know the story of Comet, you know what that means. Why, how, what, why is she making out with horse? She's not making out with horse. And so they, they kind of, like acknowledge that in here so okay good job tom king um the other thing i will say is apparently crypto is okay so there's a little exaggeration with his injuries and he was being tended to okay (laughs) so yeah i overreacted yeah i'm gonna admit that because again it's killing is killing comic characters is stupid don't do it do not kill comic characters because there's no point to it. You know, why are you throwing away this character? And if it's like, oh, no one cares about this character, there's always going to be someone that cares. And even if it's just like five people in the whole world, that's still, you know. But if it's someone like Crypto, don't kill Crypto. And there's just no point. What do you have to gain from that? All you're going to do is you're going to tick me off and I'm not going to want to read your book. 
which that that did influence and i, I will admit that because i'm just reading this i was just like i don't i don't i don't care this is like dirty i don't want to read this but this whole story i, I mean it is, it is mainly dealing with this this girl whose father was killed and then Supergirl and the girl alien going across space and planets or whatever, trying to track down this per. I just, uh, whatever. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned. Was there a lesson? I don't know. Um, then we, what do we have? Um, Batman the Knight. Um I'm I'm actually like so it shouldn't be a surprise. Chip Zdarsky is writing this. Um Carmine D. Giodan Comencino, I think that's how you say it, does art. Um what what's surprising about this is this is like it I I think it's supposed to be like Bruce Wayne, the missing years or whatever like that. So I it it's it kind of started off as it's sort of like it's a Batman origin type of thing. It's like, okay, here we go again. We've had this like a zillion times. But this is a little different because this is still Bruce Wayne in the beginning stages when he's still, you know, trying to learn how to do everything and, you know, how to become Batman. So with that, where this part right here isn't because a lot of time we usually see like Batman year one, you know, Batman, you know, he's got the suit and whatever he's just going out there. He's, you know, doing his stuff. It's cool. A lot of cool stories be told to see like a scale back Batman that isn't like unstoppable or whatever. But it's like we have seen that a lot. So this is scaling it back even further because you know he's not ready to, you know ready for you know all that stuff and so there there's some and it's just it's written well so that just makes it all you know all the more interesting so I'm completely sold on, on this book so I'm I'm really really digging that and I think that was it for DC um, so I'm looking at the Comicsology app I'm trying to I, I didn't update it yet because I, I I've just been hearing horror stories about that I hope things work out. I'm just like, you know, a lot of people working at, I mean, I don't know, are there a lot of people, you know, people working at Comixology, I hope they're okay. And uh, the fact that, you know, Amazon bought them, you know, that could be a good thing. But my fear is, are they going to eventually do away with, because I think the Comixology app is going away, if, if I recall that correctly. So is it so they can just incorporate into like, prime you know because you have you know prime music prime video prime this and that so prime comics i don't know uh, but from what i've heard what i what i've seen like reactions on twitter people have like posted screenshots in that where you know there's you double page spreads don't work there it doesn't exist you know you can't look at a comic to two pages you can't zoom in so there's like some text that's like impossible to read and it's like it's it's you can't buy an app, which I don't understand why why they did away with that, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I hope the comics. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, at Marvel, we had Amazing Spider-Man eighty-nine, more the Goblin Queen, and you know. So we have uh, Mark Bagley doing art here, which is cool. My my concern is. You know, the Marvel release a, a press release uh, was it Friday about you know the end of Ben you know end of Beyond and you know what does this mean for Ben Riley and of course the cover show like Spider Man fighting Spider Man and my big fear is something's going to happen to Ben and I I feel like that would just be typical 
and I will be extremely annoyed if they just you know bench him again. One of the covers kind of looks like anti venom. Does that have anything to do with it? Like what what is going on? Um, but my my problem is. As I've been saying, a lot of the time, you know, we have some great talent on on board with all you know these all these multiple Spider-Man books that we're getting a, a month. But I feel like this just doesn't feel like Ben Riley. You know, Ben Riley is essentially Spider-Man, but he's not acting like Spider-Man. He's like a little more selfish, and you know, he's doing things a little differently. It just just doesn't feel right. And I just, I just I don't know. And, you know, like, so with the Daily Bugle is attacked and, you know, of course, Ben's going to try to save his girlfriend. But then, like, Mary Jane's or other people there, it's like Spider-Man would, would find a way to save everyone. He wouldn't just save one person and take off. And the fact that, like, they have Ben do that, that just seems, that just seems wrong. I mean, there's no way Spider-Man would do that. You know, we have Spider-Man. He's in a hospital recovering. And he's like, I got to get over and do something even though I'm not ready. So it's like he he will stupidly but heroically sacrifice put himself on the line even if he knows you know I don't know so I'm I'm just I'm I'm kind of afraid of what's going to happen. Then there's Devil's Reign Superior Four, and um, I'm just I'm not enjoying this book. I hate to say that you know so we have Otto Octavius you know the Devil's Reign series is is good it's hard to read because it's kingpin doing like bad things and he he just don't like i don't like him he's just so slimy i don't like i and when i say i don't like him it's not like certain characters i can't stand but i just don't like him because he's not you're not supposed to like him because he's 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 a good villain but um just autos multiverse autos and different you know it's 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 just it's getting to be a bit much i don't know and then we have Fantastic Four, which um, is totally separate from Devil's Reign. So with this Reckoning War stuff happening, Reed Richards has gained like the knowledge of the Watcher, you know, and you know he knows all this stuff, and you know he, things are coming. Things are not looking good. Things are looking really bleak, and uh, like people aren't going to make it. And he's he kind of Reed is since he can figure out he knows so much that he realizes that hey. You know, you might have to do this, and but it's you know kind of like for the greater good type of thing, and so it's it's uh, a little concerning with uh, like what's going to happen here. Uh, but they they do uh, kind of return to some a classic look for um, certain reasons, so I won't say why. Um, Hulk issue four. So this is Donny Cates, Ryan Otley, and this is just it's, it's I it's a weird comic. I still feel like I missed something in the first issue because you know so Hulk is basically like a starship and it's like Banner's piloting the Hulk. You know he's like in the brain is like the control room, and like the engine is basically like trying to rile up the Hulk, get him angry. So the ang- you know so then he starts fighting and then that powers the big space starship Hulk, but. I don't think it's not like it's a giant size Hulk. You know, it's just like regular Hulk, but the aspect of the personality is like manifesting in like a starship environment. I think that's how it's working. But anyways, uh, so Hulk went into this like other dimension thing, whatever. And there's this other banner who's never became the Hulk. And uh, so uh, on this alternate earth where Thunderbolt Ross is like the president and, you know, things are just like really horrible. So there's this huge fight going on and, uh, um, things, I was like, holy crap! No, no, no there's there's some like, crazy things going on. So it's um, it's definitely a different take on the Hulk, and that's that's what makes it interesting because it's it's not just same old same old. 
Then we have Iron Fist issue one. So there's a new Iron Fist. We find out who this Iron Fist is. The, the thing is, it's a character who's from a, another comic, and I'm not overly familiar with this character. So I'm assuming, I think it's not a new character. Um, so for me, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe people that read the other book, they're like, oh, this is cool. Um, but for me, it's like, okay, um, all right. Uh, we do do have uh, Danny Rand shows up, so he you know he he lost to Iron Fist. He doesn't have it, but he still has his martial arts skills, which I, I'm I was glad to see that you know he's he's still able to do some stuff. But he's like like hey, how, where'd you get that Iron Fist from? So there's definitely some some weird things going on here. So I'm, I'll keep checking that out. Then we had um, Thor. Issue 22. So this is Donny Cates and Nick Klein. Um, God of Hammers storyline. I, I don't know. I Man, I feel like Marvel is like, hey, Donny Cates, yeah, do whatever you want in this corner of Marvel. That That's fine. Because there's like some big things happening and I don't like it. I don't, it's not that I don't like change, but the one thing is, you know, they, he killed Thor, or not he killed Thor, he killed Galactus. And made Galactus like a gate to you know with the through the the Rainbow Bridge. What? And uh, based off of what Silver Surfer says in Fantastic Four, there's going to be like this Herald's War thing or something like that, which sounds like it's going to maybe cross over into Thor. So we have stuff there. There is a, the recent um, stuff talking about Thor's mom, and I'm trying to think. I think that's. I think that's happening, Jason Aaron in Avengers. But then here, Thor's mom, it's it's they don't it's like not the same angle. And then there's something happens with Odin here, which is a pretty big thing. Oh, and then there's also so yeah, something big happens with Odin, which is like a game changer. And then there's Mjolnir, the fact that Mjolnir is there's like the entity in there, and it's like how do you go how how will we ever go back to Mjolnir because Mjolnir has killed all these people in the name of anger, revenge or whatever. So it's just like, you know, you're doing all this stuff, which again, it's, it's good. It's bold. It's, you know, doing something different, but it just, it doesn't feel right. And then Thor, something massive happens to him. You know, he goes through this big change and is that going to be forever? How long is that going to last? You know, the, the, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're making some some big crazy changes, which again is a good thing, but I don't know. We'll just have to see where that goes. Venom issue five. I'm kind of struggling with this, uh, and I feel like I have I been skimming through this book because you know there, there's a little for me. There's a little bit of confusion as to what's going on with you know Venom and all these symbiotes, and because you know before we're getting, a, I think we get some answers here is how you know Eddie. Eddie Brock has taken the place of Null, so he's kind of like the god of of the symbiotes, and he's out in space and you know doing stuff or whatever. And Dylan's at home alone, which is weird. It's also weird how Dylan grew up so much because he was like six years old, it felt like, and now he's like he's like fourteen or something. But he's at home, and then Eddie's like, "We got to go, you know, we got to pa- you know pack up or whatever." And then he Eddie or then Dylan gets a call from Eddie while his dad is downstairs just like wait what's going on so that's we we figure we get some answers there like what that was about and 
just like other like big crazy stuff happening and I don't know how I feel about it. Like, you know, so is Dylan going to be Venom? Is he bonding? Is he not supposed to bond? And I, I, I don't know. And then, you know, people trying to use him, you know, use Venom. I feel like that's been done so many times. Then um, X Lies of Wolverine issue three. What book am I reading? Because I don't think this, I, I thought that this was all about Moira. Maybe Moira was, was in a different book last week. But it was this one we have more like, Omega Red trying to kill Xavier throughout time, but not kill whatever, and Wolverine jumping through different eras of his life, and I just I, I I'm struggling because I just don't care, uh, which bums me out. So I don't know. And X Men issue eight, so Jerry Duggan, Javier Pina, Modok of all people shows up here. So and then there's more in like Captain Krakoa and uh, you know Ben Urich. There, there's um, some bad things happening. Uh, you know where where he was getting the answers of the mutant resurrection stuff, and then you know what is really going on here. So um, this this was a a good book. I like that. And uh, that I guess that's it. That's uh, I think that's all the comics for this week. Okay, then Snowpiercer, season three, episode four, Bound by One Track. So it starts off, Alex narrates. She has a drawing of Melanie in her bunk. So she's, she's it's, we get a lot of um, insight into to Alex, which which I thought was interesting because I, you know, in the beginning with her character, I was just like, okay, Melanie's daughter, this is what's going on. But I, I'm, it's kind of interesting what, what's happening here. So she, she kind of like dreams that her mom is there. So Jennifer Connelly's actually back, but it's not really her. It's just like a kind of like a vision of her. And then she's talking about she has, you know, death thoughts of Wilford. And we see him sitting in his little cell. And he, like, spits out, like, a gold tooth or filling or something like that. And he, like, kind of like, draws, like, maps on, over the tracks on a wall. You know, he's trying to figure out, like, where they're going, you know, what they're going through, you know, where they're going at, or headed to and whatever. Then uh, Ben mentions that there's, like, a train blockage, like, three kilometers away. So there's some, some train cars out there or something like that. So then uh, apparently there's 1,029 cars on Snowpiercer now. Layton is talking to people about, like, transitioning their departments, you know, and co- getting people all together. So now that they're back to being one train. Um, Asha's, like, talking to people too, whatever. Pike interrupts asking some questions. You know, there's, like, they're kind of having this meeting, whatever. And uh, Pike, he talks about, he asks about, like, trees and insects or whatever. And so it's, like, kind of like he's... I don't know if he's like trying to stir the pot up or whatever. Like, you know, does he, is he suspecting something? Is he a little suspicious? But then Leighton tries getting Pike to like step up. Like he he's uh, to be like a better person, be more of a leader or something like that. But you can see that Pike is kind of upset with Leighton as, you know, the leader who left us type of thing, you know, when he went on the other train or whatever. So there's some tension between the two. And But we, what the other thing we discover is like Pike is – something pike is going through something you know he's he's kind of down on himself alex says that like in year one wilford cut some cars to lose some weight so she was 10 at the time and there's three cars that are, are sitting there and they're anchored down or something like that so she says that they're basically bolted to the tracks at this point with you know all the ice and everything like that so they could go around and loop onto another track but it'd be another 23 days to get to where they're trying to go 
And then there's there's um, more of a chance for people to pick up on Asha's lies that you know she's saying that she came from this new Eden place or whatever they're they're trying to say, which I don't understand how that works, but whatever. So they can um, basically go onto the, the the cars, like fire it up and like loosen the bolts or something like that. Alice immediately volunteers that she wants to go, but then you know Ben says, okay, you know it's a two engineer job, so Javi will have to drive the train, Snowpiercer, even though he's still a little shaken up from his dog attack. So Till goes to get Roche um, from the night car. So it turned out that I guess Anne, who didn't survive the drawer when he was, that was his wife. I I knew she was someone. I was like, wait, who's Anne? So he was like drinking, you know, he passed out on, on a couch. You know, LJ says, you know, she's like, she gets that he's going through something, a rough time, whatever, but the couch is starting to smell like him or something like that. His daughter's like being loud and annoying, like in her car. You know, she's angry too, because, you know, obviously she lost her mom, even though, you know, she lost both of them. You know, they're both put in a drawer. And so there's just a lot of, a lot of rough stuff happening with, with them. The train um, starts slowing down and everything like that. Wilford's trying to figure out, he's like, what's going on? And then, which is weird, because, you know, Alex is having visions of, of Mel and, Wolford is also so she's there to like talk and haunt him as well so the train's slowing down but then it, it starts back up so basically it it dropped off uh alex and, and ben Leighton, um he's lying with zara and she wants to hear about the tree and the sun again or whatever and you know he says he doesn't know how he knows it's real and and then they're like well what if he's wrong and, and she's like well what if you're right and you know stuff like that alex and ben reach one of the cars melanie you know, tells Alex to, you know, she's like, please tell him what, what's really going, you know, what's really on the cars. You're like, you know, you need to tell him, like, what, what's, what is he going to see? Ruth gets um, her hospitality suit, and Pike is, is waiting outside her room. He said that he made her a promise that if they survived, that they'd share a bananas foster. And I was like, what the heck is a bananas foster? <laughs> so I had, had to look that up. Uh, he has like a couple like actual like tiny bananas, and she says that she, you know, she has to get ready for work in the morning. But you know he's going to try to convince her. There's a, a a food line. Asha starts having this like weird days, and then she's like, it's like almost like did she is she suddenly just sitting with Leighton? Did she like black out? And um, as they're kind of talking stuff, there's this like lady doctor's listening. Leighton notice notices. Then he, uh, when Asha leaves, he goes and sits with her and like kind of says something about her eavesdropping, or whatever, and. She mentions how she was kind of sidelined for most of Zara's pregnancy, and you know he didn't know that. And she said that now, you know, now that she's back, she kind of looked over Zara's files, and she's like, "There's some gene therapy for some cold treatment." It's like you know that's like the same stuff that Josie, you know, went through or whatever. Ben calls Javi, and Javi's he's having his own ghost, so he's imagining seeing Wilford's dog there. Then Alex. Um, tells Ben not to freak out, but there's something she should have told him. So he opens the door and there's dead people lying in her beds. And she says that it's Wilfred's cull. So Ben is concerned because, you know, he's like, they already have one fragile engineer. And she's like, no, it's fine. She's like, you know, it's my story. She's like, I had to see it for myself. So she looks over and, and you know, she thinks back. They were released like in the middle of the night when they were asleep. They were apparently tested for like physical stamina and strength. Families were divided. Couples were separated. She says that she was chosen. And then, you know, we see a flashback where Wilford wakes her up in the middle of the night, takes her away. And then Ben, you know, looks her in the eyes and he says that, you know, he has to leave her alone in there while he goes to another section. So, you know, can, can she handle this? Can she do it? And then, you know, Melanie asks, she's like, do you know where you are? And Alex's like, 
He's like, yeah, I think so. So Till talks to Roche, or because Roche wanted to, he wanted to go where, where Anne died. So they, they go into like the, whatever, the drawer room or something like that. And then he asks for like a minute. So Till goes out, so waits out in the hall. Then he takes like a pouch or something and like a needle from one of the drawers. In a night car, people are dancing. Asha kind of looks around. LJ gives her a drink in a house. So it's, it's kind of like a rave. And then Asha starts dancing, getting into it. And then it starts getting to be too much. And she kind of starts freaking out. So we still don't really know what's going on with her. Then, you know, she's thinking back to the place where she was stuck at that facility. She goes um, into this, this other room and, and starts like just like screaming and stuff like that. And until like follows a check on her. So I, I think I don't know if she has like survivor's guilt or, or something going on. With with Alex, Melanie asks her, she's like, what was her name? And she's like, Shiloh. So Alex sees her, her stuffed bunny, and she opens a curtain, and there's like, you see a little like kid's frozen hat, like under blankets. So Wilford tells his ghost Melanie that they're still going in reverse, and he says it feels like Javi is, is driving, because I guess he drives differently somehow, you can tell. So that means Alex is out there with the bodies, and he says that he's sorry, truly, you know, her, her friend Shiloh would be there. So he's figured out where they're at. You know, he knows that what they're doing somehow, which seems like a, a bit much. And he does seem concerned that Alex is going to, you know, discover some things. So it's like, does, is he really, con- I mean, it, it seemed kind of weird that there's actually some compassion in him. So maybe he's not completely evil and wicked. I don't know. Alex um, f- finds this like old, uh, like disc man and like a CD that they used to listen to. And it's like just sounds of like birds and frogs and nature sounds, you know, waves and stuff like that. So, you know, we see like a flashback of that. Leighton startles the other doctor. So he was like waiting for her and he's like, you experimented on my unborn child. And she's like, Wilford made me. And he's like, what about our consent? And she's like, well, you need to talk to Zara. So, you know, Leighton's like ticked off that Wilford was doing some sort of experiments on his, his unborn baby. Ruth and Pike are having a fried banana. So I, so when I looked it up, I was like, yeah, so Bananas Foster, it was apparently bananas and vanilla ice cream with a sauce made from butter, brown sugar, cinnamon, dark rum, and like a banana liqueur or something like that. I, maybe I'm just not cultured, but I, I don't, maybe I've heard of a Bananas Foster, but I definitely never had one. So they have like this, this you know, dinner with that. Ben, you know, he, he's set some charges off to blow a couple things, but there's still no movement. So they, they're going to have to troubleshoot some more. So Javi um, tries calling Leighton, you know, because they're not ready for them, you know, to, to move the tracks or the, the cars yet. Leighton and Zara are arguing. Um, she says that it was about adapt or die. And he says the treatments were experimental. And, you know, he says that she consented to risking their daughter's life. And Zara says, well, you consent consented to risk all of our lives. And she's like, I made a decision just like you did. And he's like, he says that, you know, she was untouched and you stamped her with Wilford. So she says that he has a choice to make either he can get over it or he can carry it around like a millstone forever. So it's like, you know, her and, you know, Wilford, you know, all that rage. And then, then she finally answers the phone. And then she's like, you need to, they need you in the engine room. So Ruth checks out Pike's place and his metrosexual bunk area or whatever. They start kissing and stuff like that. And she's like, you know, why do you have an aversion to potential? So this is the thing, you know, he's he could be doing more than he's doing, but it's like he doesn't want to. So he's like he's holding himself back. And I, I think is he feels like he doesn't deserve better. So he says that because the, the best version of him is already gone. And he says that, you know, she she should be leading the train, not Leighton. So Leighton talks to Ben on the radio, 
Alex has a theory that, you know, one of the cars was a lemon. That's why Wilford had dropped them. So he might know where to shorten the circuitry, whatever thing is. So they might need Wilford's help, which is, a, you know, typical. Um, Roche puts on a uniform and, you know, he relieves this dude guarding Wilford's cell. And Wilford's smug. He's like, oh, they're ready coming for my help. And so he starts getting his coat on. He's, he's like, he knows that the others can't get the clamps off or something like that. And then Roche jabs him with a needle, like in his heart. He's like, what did you do? Why did you do that? And he starts like groaning. And he asks, he asks Melanie to help him or whatever like that. Leighton arrives to talk to him and he sees uh, Wilford like dying. And Roche says, like, it was a dose of his own medicine. And Leighton tells him, he's like, you know, I'd love to watch you die. But, you know, it's like, I will save you if you tell us what we need to know. And he yells at Roche. He's like, get to the engine room, you know, whatever. Get the engine room on the line. But he's just like standing there. Then Till comes in and he's like, get him out of here. So Javi calls Ben and says that, you know, it'll be there in like 25 minutes. Alex says, she's like, I know I can do this. I just need more time. Melanie talks to her and says that, you know, what she's looking for isn't in that spot. So she tries getting her to get up, but she's like, I can't. And she's like, you know, but then she's, you know, Wilford taught her how to see. She can't do it without him. And, you know, Alex is like, you know, he, he murdered Mel and you know, she misses him. So she's like, what's wrong with me? And Mel's like, it's okay to miss him. It's even okay for you to love him. It's like, you know, she ran from him and then became him. She, you know, so she has to face him, face all the things that haunt her and it'll set her free. So she thinks back to like one of Wilford's lessons and then she kind of sees like the circuits and the guts of the train underneath like the surface and everything like that. And then she kind of realized she sees like what they need. So she's able to get the hydraulics up and then you know melanie tells her that it's free so snow piercer comes like kind of nudges the train out of the way Leighton says that wilford's in critical condition but dr pelton thinks that you know he's going to pull through so Leighton returns to zara you know so he's going to you know apologize whatever and he's going to accept this and then we see alex standing over wilford in his he's like laying in a hospital bed type of thing whatever and she says to melanie she's like he's not so powerful when put in this perspective so some people are getting closure, moving on, or whatever, and we'll have to see where this goes. But oh, I, I don't like the fact that Wilford's out of his little cell because you know is he going to escape now? What, what's going to happen? You know, obviously we're going to get. You know, this is only the fourth episode of season, so things got to get worse again. With Servant, season three, episode five, Tiger. So it starts off. Leanne wakes up. She looks outside. Um, she sees like a bouncy castle and some other stuff being set up in the street. She dresses, she looks weird because she's wearing like overall and whatever and stuff like that. So she heads downstairs. Um, Dorothy comments how, you know, she's like, oh, you look so cute or whatever. And, you know, she, and she's asked, she's like, are you going to festival? She's like, yeah. So, you know, Dorothy is excited. Things are, are kind of busy in the kitchen. Sean says that he's like, he's talking about like termite droppings on a, on a counter. So, you know, he's like stressing out and Dorothy's like, well, whatever, even if it is, it'll be fine. You know, it doesn't have to be this minute or whatever. So um, Julian walks in and Sean or Dorothy asks if Vera's coming and she couldn't make it. There's like some last minute thing or whatever. And then he's like, have you seen the park? He's like, there's more of them. So there's a lot more like the beggar kids there. And Leanne's like, you know, and she's like looking at the, the door is still kind of open. So she's like kind of freaking out. So she's carrying um, Jericho outside and you can see she's a little, a little hesitant to go out there. There's loads of people on the street. So it's like a block party festival type of thing. Sean, you know, he, he made like some ice cream with nitrogen or whatever like that. And there's like this end homeless hunger booth or something like that. Dorothy is showing Leanne and Julian around. 
And then she sees a news van out there and she's kind of miffed because she pitched a block party to the station weeks ago. And then she decides to take Jericho in front of the camera. And she says that, you know, there's no reason that she should like deny it, you know, because she's mentioned him before, but, you know, he's never been on her. So she's kind of like using him type of thing. So she goes up and she like takes the mic and, you know, says that she's like, oh, well, of course, you know, you'd want a statement for me and stuff like that. And she tells, she starts directing the camera guy. She's like, you know, make sure you get a white shot and stuff like that. And like the young reporters just standing there like, oh, okay. Julian uh, goes to talk to Sean about Dorothy and, and like the news, you know, what's going on there. And then this lady comes up to Sean and, and Julian's like, like, who's this lady? Whatever like that. And it turns out that she's a minister and Sean's been, you know, talking to her for a little bit because he says it's helping him. But Dorothy doesn't know that he's been going. Dorothy uh, is like doing reporting on some stuff. Leanne sees like the beggar boy like getting some food or something like that. And then she gets some lady. She's like, is, are they supposed to be here? Or whatever like that. And then she's like, no, they're not. And whatever. And, you know, so she tells, there's like a, a few of them sitting at a table and she says, they have to leave because they didn't pay for the block party or whatever. And then we also see like, I think Roscoe was there like watching Leanne. So it's like, why is he there? Like, wh what's up with that? Then, um, Leanne sees like the face painting booth and, and she goes and she starts getting like a tiger, like face painted on her face. And the lady's like, oh, I like your overall. And Leanne's like, she's, you know, she's, thanks. You know, they, they were, uh, you know, she's like, my mother gave them to me. They used to be hers. So it's like, is she talking about D Dorothy? And then uh, the lady gets a call and, you know, Leanne's sitting there with her eyes closed because, you know, she's waiting for the makeup. And a finger comes, touches her forehead and kind of traces something on there, does something. But she doesn't realize she thinks it's just uh, the face painting lady doing, you know, more painting. And then uh, the person leaves, but then she's the, she's like, oh, sorry about that. You know, it was just a minute. So then she realizes that someone else was in there touching her forehead. So she gets up, even though her face isn't fully finished, but it looks cool, I think, because it was like the three-fourths of the way finished. And she's like frantically like just looking around, trying to see if, you know, there was anyone around there, you know, like who could have done that or like touched her. Um, Leanne then we see her getting some to drink. She hears like one of the, the nosy moms talking to the other reporter, the young reporter about Dorothy and, and the ambulance or whatever. So she goes up to her and she's like, it's not nice to talk about people behind her back. And she's like, oh, it's not nice to eavesdrop. And then, uh, so then whatever, she ends up leaving. The news lady, she's like recognized her from like Jericho's baptism or something like that. And then she's like, you know, that lady would not shut up. She's like, I'm glad you said something. And she's like, you know, she's, she's like, Dorothy and I are old friends. You know, she got me my first camera test. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Leanne's like, if you're such good friends, you know, why do you try to hurt her? And she's like, I don't. She's like, I'm just doing my job. And then, you know, Leanne just leaves. So she decides to look up on her phone, you know, look at Leanne. And she sees like this missing notice, missing teen or something like that. Then Toby comes up to Leanne. He's like, hey, because, you know, he was in the kitchen earlier working with Sean. But I guess he's he's uh, off the clock now. So he's like, do you want to do something? So the the lady, the, the minister lady, her name's Nancy. She goes up to Dorothy later. She introduces herself as Sean's minister. And Dorothy's a little confused or whatever. And, you know, Nancy's like, you know, I've heard so much about you. You know, it would be nice to see you at the church sometime. Leanne and Toby, are, they're playing some carnival games. And, you know, she asks, how Sylvia? And he's like, I'm not sure. He's like, she kind of ghosted me after what happened. So after she lost her finger last week. <laughs> and um, Leanne wins a prize and she picks this big llama, stuffed llama. And then they go into the bouncy house because you know, I guess she's never been in one and she's having fun. You know, she's like smiling and laughing and Toby like gets his face painted and stuff like that. 
Then uh, Sean brings in like the the can of, of a big tank of nitrogen into the house. Um, this he gets a phone call from the lady that did that gourmet gauntlet TV show that they wanted him for that he didn't do because it was like on the West Coast or something like that. They say they have an idea for this other show. It's going to be on the East Coast this time. They're interested in having him as the lead. And he, and as she's talking and everything, he just like looks at his phone and he just hang, hangs up. So I don't know if he's just like uh, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Or, uh, it just seemed kind of weird. Leanne um, asked Toby, he's like, do they want to, does he want to dance? So, you know, they're more ha- having fun and stuff like that. Sean finds Dorothy and she's like, oh, I met your minister. And she's like, have you been taking Jericho to church? And he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, I, I thought, I figured you'd think it was stupid. And he's like, am I wrong? And she's like, well, of course, I, th- I think it's stupid. But, you know, he says that since he's been going, things have been looking up. And she's like, well, you know, that's good for you. You know, you're taking your your son to a freak show and forcing the Lord down his throat, whatever. So he thought that it would be good to give Jericho some structure. He's like, they're just regular people like us. He's like, it's not all like scripture and everything like that. And she's like, well, good. Then it won't be awkward at the dinner. So she invited Nancy over for dinner. And we see Julian's sitting alone eating. I don't know if he's having, Dorothy had mentioned that he liked funnel kick or something like that, but he seems upset. Uh, I don't know what's up with him. He's, there's always something going on with him. Uh, I don't know if he's upset Leanne's having a good time or just what's going on. So now it's like nighttime, it's dark. Um, Leanne walks his booth and it's like this kind of like a food food booth. She sees a couple of people standing over like this like oven area. There's And like her, the dagger from her room is like sitting there. And then they see her, they look at her, they try to get her. She grabs like a pot of like hot liquid. She splashes it on one of them. She runs and she ends up running to the house. She tries to like slamming the door, but then they like block it. They like follow her inside. Um, they, you know, shoved her way inside. She runs through the house, like out the back, heads to the park. And then like all the beggar kids are there. And then, um, you know, she's like closes her eyes and, and it's like the music just stops. It's just a good silence. Cause you know, they're like all around her and everything. Then Leanne returns home. She's like cleaning up and it's like, is there blood on her overalls? And she's like downstairs in the basement. She's like scrubbing them in the sink and she puts them in the washing machine. Dorothy comes home. She's like, oh, we were worried. You know, we couldn't find you. And, and she's like, oh, I was just exhausted, whatever. So Sean has a llama, which is weird because you know, they set it down, I think, when before they went in the bouncy house or dan- no, before they went dancing or something like that. And like no one else took it. So I mean, that's that's kind of good. And uh, you know, then she's like, she's like, oh, I, I you know, I, I won a prize for Jericho or something like that. So they're they're gonna uh, put it in in his room. And Dorothy asked her, she's like, are you okay? She's like, did something happen with Toby? She's like, no. And then Dorothy, you know, she's like, do you want me to put you know Jericho down? She's like, no, I got it. So then you know, she locks the back door, and Dor- you know, Dorothy locks the door, and she feels like she's noticed like blood on on a doorknob. So I, I don't know, like, like, did I miss something? What happened? Because then Leanne's in her bathroom and she's like looking herself in the mirror and she feels the back of her head and there's like blood on there. And she, you know, she's thinking back at the park, you know, people grabbing her and everything like that. And she, there's not a whole lot of blood on her, but she just kind of like smears like blood, like down the center of her face. It was just kind of like, oh, it's got like two lines, like not, not a whole glob of blood. And then she like sheds a tear. So did she like somehow decimate all those people that were like attacking her like what the heck happened i'm i'm so confused i feel like i missed something but i guess we'll find out next week so i'm 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 still i'm so captivated by the show because i have no idea where it's going and like what's what's going to happen next and I, that's that's for me that's what, what makes it enjoyable okay then we have peacemaker season one episode eight it's cow or never so this is 
unfortunately the season finale but as i mentioned earlier we are getting a second season so that's good so they're driving in the vet camper thing you know leota's <laughs> trying to apologize to peacemaker and you know he keeps keeps making fart noises like every time she tries talking then vigilante like joins in or something like that and then, then you know peacemaker's like what were you gonna say and she's like i was gonna say and he's like doing more and she's like i'm just trying to apologize and peacemaker's like it's like i thought you were my flipping friend he's like you set me up to take the fall and you try to send me to prison you think i'm sorry he's gonna cut it and you know she comments how she keeps getting moral judgment from people who who kill and peacemaker says that you know he's like i don't just kill for nothing he's like when my brother died i made a vow so you know anyone i'd kill i'd kill for peace and she's like you know a vow she's like i read your file she's like it was an accident you were a child and she's like you know you know don't forgive me that's you know fine but stop letting that that poop define who you are so then they're you know just going in silence whatever and then they stop Hardcore motions for them to get out. You know, Leota calls Waller and she's like, you know, you think maybe you can call the Justice League or something, you know, get some backup. Hardcore's like, you know, they're, they're teleporting the cow out of there. So if, if that happens, then they're back to square one. So Waller says to tell Hardcore she's in charge. Leota and Economo should stay back in case anything goes wrong. And, and then she holds the phone out to Hardcore and she's like, copy that, mom. You know, it's like, kind of funny in the cavern we see um song and lock so they're again inhabited by butterflies there's like talking the teleport um machine thing is is nearly installed and functional then they'll move the cow to the their eastern base economos asks um if waller's her mom why isn't her why is her last name adebayo and she's like i took my wife's last name and vigilante <laughs> he's such an idiot vigilante's like doesn't that make you the girl in the relationship and she's like, we're both girls in a relationship, Adrian. She's like, that's what being a lesbian is. <laughs> and then Leota's looking at the bag of helmets. She's like, what do these do? So Peacemaker's like, this is underwater underwater world. It lets you breathe underwater. This one's scabies for all. <laughs> Upon activation, it gives everyone in a one-mile radius scabies, except, of course, the wearer of the helmet. That, that's a little more clarification, because I don't think that, that was cleared up in the beginning. He's like, this one's anti-gravity. It allows you to float. And Harcourt is like aimlessly. And he's like, no, I carry a tiny fan to guide me. And at first, I was like, is he being serious? Because she's like, oh. But I, I thought he was being sarcastic. But maybe he was being serious. That he puts it on and he just has a little fan to blow him in the direction. <laughs> and then, then he's like, this is Sonic Boom. It's the one that I use to stop the rocker chick. So they're like, how many Sonic Booms does it produce in a charge? He's like, I don't know, three, maybe four. Uh, it's like you would think... That's something you should know. You know, it would be helpful to know how many charges you have, you know, to use. And he, then he's like, this one we should destroy away. It's human torpedo. He's like, so you aim your head at whatever you want to destroy and become a, and they're like, human torpedo. So Vigilante is like, like, that's sweet. And he's like, yeah, if you want to risk shattering every bone in your body. He's like, it's just a prototype. Leota, so she wants to put the sonic boom at the top of the barn you know where above the cavern and activate it from there with a the walkie-talkie so she's like you know maybe peacemaker can put on the, the activate anti-gravity and just float over there but for, so for some reason she said the ant activate anti-gravity when she said this the helmet starts floating up so she actually activated it and vigilante is like uh guys he just like watches goes up and then peacemaker sees it he's like deactivate anti-gravity deactivate anti-gravity but it's like too late just floats away so then he's like, did you just say activate? She's like, sorry. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's no big deal. He's like, I didn't just kill the only man who knows how to make it. And Vigilante's like, 
but actually you did kill the man. So he's sarcastic. So how did they get the sonic boom helmet over there? Peacemaker's like, well, they could just use like a fishing line, whatever, you know, slide it down. And Vigilante's like, like Green Arrow? And Peacemaker's like, no. He's like, that dude goes to brony conventions dressed like the back half of Twilight Sparkle with a four-inch wide butthole drilled into the costume. And Vigilante's like, maybe it's so he can breathe properly. And Leota asks Vigilante, like, do you really believe that, Poop? He's like, he has an insane story for every single superhero. And Econo's like, I actually heard that about Green Arrow. He's like, that's the first thing he said that's real. And Vigilante throws in, and and Aquaman sleeping with fish. And he it kind of was like, well, yeah, obviously. So Hardcore says, you know, it doesn't matter because we don't have a team member with a bow. Peacemaker says that they do have a team member capable of flight. So he's talking about Eagly. And Hardcore's like, GTFO. <laughs> Peacemaker says that, he, you know, so he's, he's explaining a plan to Eagly, you know, basically take the helmet, drop it on top of the barn and everything like that. Hardcore's like, there's no way an eagle can understand what you're saying. And Peacemaker says that he's no ordinary eagle. So he puts the helmet down and then Eagly is like, starts pecking at it, like knocking over. And he's like, no, no, no. And then he's like, I know you don't like the mean blonde lady. And then Eagly finally takes the helmet, p- grabs it with his claws, his claws, starts flying towards the barn. And they're like looking at, they're like, holy crap and everything. But then Eagly keeps going past the barn, veers off to the side, like over the woods, like to the right, and then drops the helmet. And Hardcore's like, I knew there's no way you could understand what you're saying. So they go, like they kind of split up and like search for the helmet. They need the helmet. So Hardcore asks Leota, she's like, why'd you change your mind? And she's like, I saw an eagle hug a man. I thought it was a sign. And Hardcore's like, to risk your life? And Hardcore, you know, she's like, why wasn't it a sign to run in, in the opposite direction? And Leota's thinking about that. And she's like, she curses, like, you know, maybe that's right. Peacemaker is like looking on his own and he sees his dad. He's like, you thought you could lose me by killing me, boy. He's like, I'm in your head. I'm the reason you kill and the reason you can't sleep at night. My body may be gone, but the rest of me is right here. He's like, and I ain't going nowhere. So Peacemaker reaches for his poison blowgun and his dad, his ghost dad, it's like, why don't you go for the gun? He's like, he's like, I don't want the butterflies to hear that. And he's like, ha, he's like, almost tricked you. And Peacemaker's like, I went right for the blowgun. He's like, you didn't almost trick me. And Hardcourt walks up and like sees him like blow to blow dart at, at a tree. And Peacemaker, what he sees, he sees his dead dad like hit in the forehead with a dart. He's like, how do you like that, huh? He's like, thanks for coming back. Go so I could kill you all over again. And Hardcourt's like, Smith, like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. But like when his dad fell over, he like, he heard a noise and she sees a dart in a tree, but then she looks and the, the helmet's like underneath the, like the tree, like in some leaves. And so, so, you know, you could hear that he hit something. So somehow he did find him, whatever. So she says that she needs him to do something else for her. So there's a guard sitting on a wooden fence. Peacemaker, walks up and jabs the blow dart into his ear from behind. And, you know, there's like blood. So he kills this guard because he's a, he's a butterfly. They give Economos a security outfit because uh, he says it's the only, or she says it's the only way to get the helmet into the barn if, if one of them goes undercover. And he's like, well, I don't want to do it. But, you know, they, they can't because they don't know what they look like. And he's like, why are these clothes wet? And peacemakers, he's like, I wash in the creek. He's like, what people don't always think about is like, you know, when people die, you know, they loosen their bowels or whatever. He's like, so is this like diarrhea pants? And, and he's like, yeah. Or something. <laughs> so 
Economos walks up. He's you know carrying a bag with with like the one helmet in there. He's like nervous. Hardcore's like talking to him in his comms. He stops in front of the barn, and then you know he's looking. There's you know people, butterflies, people walking all over the place. He starts going in, and then Fitzgibbons with the butterfly stops him. He's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "Inside the barn." And Fitzgibbons like, "Why?" And Economos has no idea what to do or say, and he's just like, "Because this bag." And Fitzgibbons like, "Okay." So then he goes in. They're like, oh, I can't believe that worked. So he kind of was like vomits inside because he's just like so freaked out. And there's like, so he, over to Kami, he's like, there's stairs in the elevator. Hardcore tells him to take the stairs because the elevator would be too noisy. So he goes down. He's, you know, he's going down this, all these stairs. It's like, you know, kind of spiral, whatever. And he sees like the big giant cow. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. So he just drops the bag. And he, you know, and halfway down the stairs, and he goes up. He gets stopped by Fitzgibbons. And then he's like, the man you took over, why did he do that to his beard? And Economos is like, do what? And Fitzgibbon's like, why did he color his beard all strange like that? So then there's a pause, you know, because the others can hear him over to XCOM. So Economos finally says, he thought it made him look younger and more handsome. He never had a girlfriend, so he thought dyeing his beard might help. But he was also lazy and busy with his job. And he wouldn't dye his roots regularly. And when he did, he used the cheapest brand because he was incredibly underpaid. Mostly, though, he never thought anyone noticed until recently when one guy said it to him all the time. And, you know, so Peacemaker is hearing all this. Then Fitzgibbon, the butterfly, says, humans could be really pathetic. And then there's a racist thug found a helmet. He's like, hey, that guy put this down here. So it's like, did he get taken by? I guess he got taken by the butterfly, right? So they all look at Economos, and Peacemaker tells Leota, he's like, activate it now. So she's she has her walkie-talkie. She's about to activate it, but then she drops the walkie-talkie. Like in a, There's like all these leaves and stuff for her. She's like, my hands were sweaty. So they're looking for the walkie-talkie, whatever. The butterflies screech. They start chasing Economos. So he's like running. They catch up to him, and like they pile on. And then Leota activates the helmet. It blows. It sets off a charge. And then they all look. They look, and they start running back to the barn. Hardcore tells her to wait. They all, like, enter the barn. And then she's like, now, push again. And then, you know, then they wait a little bit. Then, like, a third time, the barn's gone. The cavern's, like, starting to cave in on the cow. Um, so they have, like, they do one more boom, whatever. So that that's it for the charges, apparently. So Song, Song Butterfly, which is really goth, and the others start, start digging and stuff like that. They start um, the Peacemaker and Hardcore and Leo. They they start like locking and loading. Peacemaker looks to the dove on his gun, and then they play the theme song. Do you really want to taste it? Comes on. So Peacemaker, Vigilante, Hardcore. You know they're they're walking up to the barn. They start shooting butterflies. Peacemaker is using his shield, which I don't know if he's used a shield before. If we've seen him, so he's like using that, like you know, knock them away and block some bullets. Hardcore is taken out a lot. Um, Vigilante is like slashing away and stuff like that. Song clears out the the stairs. Hardcore tells Peacemaker to go kill the cow. They'll take care of things up there. Fitzgibbon is about to uh, get Peacemaker, but then Vigilante slashes, you know, knife down like his head, you know, like splits his head. And he's like, don't mess with my BFF. But then he gets kind of like shot in the back by Locke. Um, as he's like, uh, and he just like th- blindly like throws a knife behind him and takes out Locke. But Vigilante falls over. So he's out. Hardcore gets shot and then she gets shot again. So she falls and then she like costs blood. So that doesn't look good. And then like the music is still playing, but it starts getting distorted. Like it starts starting to fade. 
Uh, so Leota is with a uh, Economos, and she's like, hardcore's down. So she takes a couple guns, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, why do you think you can do this? She's like, because I was made for this poop. So Economos follows, and he trips, and I think he like broke his ankle or something like that. It's like, oh my gosh. Leota goes, she starts shooting. Uh, a butterfly hovers over Harcourt and starts like going into her mouth, but then Leota's there in time, grabs it, like pulls it, yanks it out of her mouth, and shoots it in the head. Harcourt tells her to go help Chris. Economos managed to crawl over there somehow and hands her a helmet. So she goes down, and then she sees like, uh, like the the busted like because he kind of like fell through the floor for, for loosened whatever structure and stuff like that, so peacemakers actually trapped under like a bunch of debris and stuff like that, and you know Leota's like trying to find him with the phone tracker and she's like starting to like dig him out. Peacemaker he finally gets pulled out, but it's by song Goth Butterfly. They start fighting and then uh, Leota's is still digging, but she's like somewhere else. So she wasn't digging him out. It, they made it look like it, she was like, we're about to dig out Peacemaker. So she finally makes it through. Goff is like holding up Peacemaker because I guess the butterflies give him super strength or whatever. And then Leota's like, activate human torpedo. And Peacemaker's like, no. So she glows blue. She flies like right down this like, you know, they're like in his path. She goes right past him and like hits this wall and then she's out. <laughs> He's like, I said not not to use that one. So Song's like, I have no reason to hurt you. So she's like, you know, stop fighting and follow me. So Song lets him go. They start walking. Peacemaker follows. They see the big cow. And he's like, holy cow. And, and Song's like, it is. Wait, so somehow Locke was there. But I was like, I thought he got taken up. Maybe, now I'm confused. Maybe he just got hit and injured. Or maybe it was someone else, that, that, but I thought it was him. So he says that, um, thank God that she found Peacemaker, and Song says that they need three sets of hands to teleport it away from there. And she's like, there's a switch for him to, to, to flip while they work two stations, whatever, so they can teleport the cow to their cavern in Maine. He's like, why the flip would I help you? And she says, because she knows that once she tells him the truth, like she did with Judo Master, he'll join them. And he's like, Myrn told us the truth already, that you know they, they murder innocent people by taking them over in their quest for power. And she's like, we're not doing this for power. We're doing it because we took a vow. And then that makes him think about the vow he made you know, after his brother died. So Song's like, they travel there you know, because of their planet, whatever like that, but the food can't sustain them. So the cow can for about another 100 years or so. When they arrived, they realized people on Earth were along the same trajectory as them, that ignoring like science and you know killing the planet and all this stuff. So they're like valuing profit over survival. So they made a vow to do anything they could to change humankind's future. They made a vow to make the choices for them that they're incapable of making on their own. So to save the people and their world, no matter how many lives it costs. So he thinks back to his brother dying and Song says that Mern disagreed with her methods. He didn't think that they had the right to impose their will. But she's like, but you're one of us, Christopher Smith. And he thinks back. He's like praying. He's like, please, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. He thinks of like stabbing a guy that's like tied up. He thinks about killing Rick Flagg. He's like that he'll do whatever God wants him to do for peace. So Song puts a hand to Peacemaker's face. And she's like, thank you for feeding me, for you know talking to me and showing me kindness. So this is when Goff was in, in, the, in the jar. It's like, I see who you are and I see your character. I tried telling you yesterday in a jar, you know, and he's like the peace sign. So Song says, you know, please fulfill your calling. Be the peacemaker. Join us in saving your planet. And he like sheds a tear. And they're like, what do you say? 
and he pauses and then he's like activate human torpedo so leota <laughs> she was barely standing behind song she activates flies straight <laughs> into the cow's heart chunk into the creature um peacemaker grabs song's gun and shoots lock in the head and she's like sorry goff and shoots song in a, in a chest leota like ends up falling out of the body like a stream of like blood and guts and she's like wtf and she's like gasping and coughing whatever like that peacemaker helps her up takes the helmet off and then the goth butterfly comes out of song's body and peacemaker just looks it over like over his shoulder as they walk away so it's like he just lets it go it's like it's still alive it's just gonna go in someone else up top, Economos is uh, trying to tend to Harcourt's wounds. He somehow, you know, managed to brace his leg. Vigilante walks up to them too, so I guess he seems okay. I thought he was he was going to be done. Peacemaker picks up and carries Harcourt. Then here's like the big surprise. I wasn't expecting this. Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Flash show up, and uh, they're not all. I mean, two of them are like CG, like not fully there. Peacemaker and the others just keep walking, and he yells out. He's like you're late you flipping dickheads and then he's <laughs> then he's like go flip another fish a hole to aquaman and so jason momoa was really there him and ezra miller aquaman's like i'm so sick of that flipping rumor and flash is like it's not a rumor and he's like f you barry and barry just kind of chuckles so they had a justice league there <laughs> i was not expecting that so then we see Harcourt's, you know, they go to hospital for, you know, to get Harcourt treated. Economos is, um, he's taken back, and you know, to, so they can fix his leg. Then Peacemaker t- tells Vigilante, he's like, dude, you're shot. He's like, you got to be admitted. So he's like barely standing. He's like, oh, no, I'm fine. He's like, I just need a, a good nap. But then he falls over. And then like some doctors or nurses come up to him. In the waiting room, he asks Leota if she heard all that stuff Goff said. And she's like, yep. And he's like, did I just kill the world? And she's like, maybe, or maybe you just gave us a chance to make our own choices instead of our bug overlords. And she's like, why did, did you choose not to help them? And he's like, you know, because of your proto-fascist libertarian idea of freedom. And he says, because he knew that they'd hurt her and the others if he did. So she looks at him and she's like, I'm sorry I betrayed you. And he's like, that's okay. You know, whatever. So she gets up and, you know, says she, she's going to, he's like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to go do the right thing. So then he's like, he stops her. He's like, don't tell vigilante. He's like, after Eagly, you're my BFF. And she just puts her hands like to her heart. She's, so she's clearly touched. So there's a press conference. News says, Argus agent speaks out. And she's like, yes, that does mean Christopher Smith never wrote that diary. Both the peacemaker and the costume crime fighter vigilante were working in a deep cover operation for the U.S. government called Project Butterfly. Vigilante is like watching in the hospital room. And uh, then he just smiles, pulls out his IV, hops out the window. Leota continues saying that it was all part of a black ops program known as Task Force X, uh, where convicted criminals are undertaking dangerous missions for the United States in exchange for time after sentences. It's been running for years out of Bell Reeve prison under the command of a woman named Amanda Waller. So Peacemaker's watching too. Amanda's Waller, and she's like, WTF? So Leota, Leota continues, she's like, so Amanda Waller, who happens to be my mother. So she's calling for like a media investigation, whatever, all this stuff. Then a doctor comes up to Peacemaker. He, they, he goes back, hardcore is lying in a bed, and she like opens her eyes, and she's like, I heard that you've been out there for days. 
and she like sheds a tear. So I don't know if she's touched because, you know, she's probably so cold and closed off to everyone. And Peacemaker has been out there just, you know, to make sure she's okay. So she's probably never had anyone that, that cared because she wouldn't let anyone care for her. So she like reaches a hand towards his and, you know, they're holding hands. Leota returns home to her wife and dogs, big smooch, cameras circling around them like in the love stories or whatever. Economos goes to Bell Reeve. He sits like this little table, or whatever, takes out his laptop, you know, puts it on there, takes out a picture of them rocking, you know, that they took in the, in the band or whatever. So he just sets it next to it. So I guess he's just getting ready to go back to work. Judo Master stands over to Carnage by the barn, like eating a Cheeto, and he starts sobbing. Then we see Peacemaker Vigilante. They're like out in the woods. They put like some explosive in an old beat up car. It blows, you know, just blowing stuff up for fun. Hardcore is going through like physical therapy, like to walk. She's like very shaky and stuff like that. Um, then Peacemaker hears a tapping on his window while he's sleeping. It's goth. So he goes outside, pours a little bit of yellow ooze on the front porch. Eagerly flies off, you know, to hunt whatever. Peacemaker's dad, ghost dad, sits next to him and kind of like has this drained smile. Eagerly drops like a dead possum at their feet and then kind of like looks at the camera. And then that's it. Then the, the end scene, which was, again, not much, but it's Vigilante talking about how um, they, they should announce being sarcastic because, you know, this came up before. Then he says the economist, like, for example, he's like, you're not fat at all. And he's like, why are you all so obsessed with my physical appearance? And Vigilante continues, he's like, he's like, and I haven't noticed that you eat more chips than anyone else and that you're going to die. He's like, I'm not worried that you're going to die. And he's like, I actually am worried that you're going to die. And he's like, thanks. And that's how it ends. So that is the end of um, this first season. So uh, where do you go from here? Because you know now that like all the, the cards are out on the table, you have to see you know how they can shake things up, and you know what, what are they going to do after this. But yeah, I mean it was it was definitely enjoyable. I was more you know pleasantly surprised. I was was not expecting this. So this is just kind of kind of kind of crazy. So. Yeah, so uh, if you have not watched this, you are nuts, and you need to, to do that now. Okay, so Severance came out on Apple TV. So it came out on Friday, actually. They dropped two episodes. I really, the, the trailer looks really interesting. Basically, what's happening is people working for this company, they agree to undergo treatment to sever their minds somehow. So when you're working, you don't think about your family. And when you're when you leave the office, you don't think about work. You're unable to think about the other. So I guess the idea is when you leave the office, you can't reveal any like trade secrets or anything because you you just can't access those memories. You have no idea what you've been doing. And while you're working, you're not like worried to think about you know getting distracted about any problems at home or anything like that. So it's a, it's a, it's almost like a black mirror type of thing. It just seems like really nuts and, and crazy, but. Um, I'm I'm deeply in, intrigued, and you know there, there's a lot of a lot of good people you know in the cast and and with with this. So I'm definitely curious with this. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch either. I, I thought oh, like maybe I'll just talk about the first episode, but I didn't even get a a, a chance to do that because I don't want to leave it hanging so much. And you know I I'm potentially I don't know maybe I won't talk about the show. I don't know if, you know maybe there wouldn't be any interest. I I don't know. We'll have to have to see, but. 
here's a little preview, like just a, the first bit of it. I did start watching it. I didn't get very far, but I thought this could be like a good, just to in- intrigue you. And then if I watch like the first two, if, if so like next week I'd talk about the first two. And if I just stay like a week behind, that would make things easier for me. And again, give you a chance to catch up and everything like that. So that's my plan. So anyways, uh, so the first episode, a little preview, we see this lady lying on a conference room table. There's just like, it, and it's it's kind of has like a 70s feel, 70s, 80s. I think it's like 70s. Uh, there's a, a little like a speakerphone intercom thing, like Charlie's Angel, whatever. And uh, the voice asks, uh, who is she? And she wakes up. Then uh, the voice is like, oh, I got ahead of myself. He's like, I wonder if you'd mind taking a survey. And her, you know, her head hurts. She's just really dazed and everything like that. He's like, it'll just be, you know, five questions, and I bet it'll make you feel as right as rain. She could barely even stand. She goes to the door, door's locked, and she's like pounding. She's yelling for someone to let her out. Finally, she's like, okay, whatever. You know, she, she takes a question. So he's like, the, the voice is like, okay, now to start, who are you? And she's surprised at the first question. She's like, but then she realized she doesn't know. She's like, okay, unknown. And question two, in which U.S. state or territory were you born? And she doesn't know that either. Question three, please name any U.S. state or territory. And she's like, I don't know. And it's like, the first one that comes to mind. And she's like, "Uh, Delaware? I like, I don't know. Question four, what is Mr. Egan's favorite breakfast? And she's like, like, that makes no sense. He's like, okay, unknown. Question five, to the best of your memory, what is or was the color of your mother's eyes? And then she realizes she can't answer that. And, and she's, she's kind of upset. And she's like, what's happening? And she, she's like, what, what the heck did you do to me? And then door opens and you know, she's on the floor. And then she's just like, there's some dude standing there. And he's like, you just got a perfect score. And that's about as much as I watched so far. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I, I haven't really looked at Ben Stiller's involved with the show. I don't know if it's kind of a comedy, dark comedy, what, it just seems a little creepy. So um, I'm definitely, I'll talk more about it next week. So I'll, I'll definitely have the, the first two episodes watched and discuss it. Maybe talk about the third episode. I doubt it, but we'll see. So it's on Apple TV Plus. Okay, now Catwoman Hunted. This is a Warner Brothers home, uh, home entertainment animated movie. The weird thing is, I I feel bad because I didn't, you know, didn't even, I didn't get a chance to look at the press release or anything like that. I just, things have been, I don't know, I can't explain. I've just, I've just been so out of it and busy, just barely keeping up with things. So I watched this and it it seems kind of cool. So I didn't really know anything about, about the movie. I was like, Catwoman's getting her own movie. Awesome. Cool. And we, we kind of get this like really cool intro, almost like kind of chalk colors and everything like that. And and what I really like it is like establishes that the Catwoman like goes all over the world and everything like that. So she's like this international thief or whatever. And the it the it's it's basically like an anime. You know, so it's definitely it must be a Japanese studio that was like in charge of the animation and everything like that. And so to me, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. And I, I think it kind of gives it you know no offense to. You, other territories, whoever making it, but it kind of gives it just this other just vibe and everything like that. So for me, that that's a plus right there. It so it starts off. There's like this rich masquerade party. We see Black Mask and his men show up, and then it's like, wait, is that Riddler? Is it someone dresses Riddler? It's not really sure. Catwoman arrives in like her classic purple dress, like purple and green, whatever. 
and black mass is like like oh you know that's you know he's thinks it's just a costume like that you know he doesn't really realize it's her there's a lot of like jazzy music and everything like that so it, it's almost you know i i saw i think I, I think i saw someone like refer to it as kind of like like cowboy bebop it's like no it's just because it has jazz music doesn't mean it's cowboy bebop but somewhat of voice act it's interesting because you know there's there's like u.s voice actors you know like like always in, in these movies but you can tell like so many other voice actors must be like anime english dub actors because they're very strong like this you know <laughs> so it, it's kind of interesting at the party, the big masquerade place. So Tobias Whale, he's working for the party's hostess, which is Barbara Minerva. So it's like Barbara Minerva, she's a leader Leviathan. I'm like, when I'm watching, it's like Barbara Minerva, a cheetah. Why isn't Talia Al Ghul? I was like, okay, maybe I, I, there must be some reason. Uh, and we find out later. There, there's, a, there, I mean, there is a reason why. So Selena slips away when, you know, Black Mask meets with Minerva and the other. So she changes into her current costume. She breaks into the safe. There's like this cat's eye emerald and everything like that. So, she, you know, there's like all these like security and lasers. And like, but then a battering sets off the alarm. Of course, right? So there's this big like high speed chase. But it's not Batman in this movie. It's a Batwoman. So that's. That right there, I think, is kind of cool is because, you know, you would expect, of course, Batman's going to be in this, but it kind of establishes that it's a separate thing. So, you know, Batwoman's there. There's a big crash. Julia Pennyworth and King Faraday, they walk up and basically they want to force Catwoman to work for, with them. And they, they want it because they want to be able to track Barbara Nerva and Black Mask to find leviathan and you know they, they put some like liquid track they took, took the emerald back or or they, they left it in the, in the wreck so they would find it so they would be able to track them and everything like that so along the way we get other people we get like cheshire and like solomon grundy and uh, other characters you know show up but like i said it, it's a you know it's an interesting story you know it it, it kept me in, it kept me interested in, in the movie as I'm watching this. But going back to like the whole Batman thing, I think it's fantastic. You know, I love Batman. You know that. You know, everyone loves Batman. But I really love the fact that this was a, a movie that's very you know Batman adjacent. But they didn't go with Batman. You know, Batman is a big draw. But let's let's go a slightly different. So this kind of shows that you could do a bat or you could do a Catwoman movie. And not have Batman involved. Like there's no, you know, they mention him, of course, you know, they reference him, but he's not in it. So I think that 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 is awesome because, as you know, all these movies, I mean, the majority of them, they're either they're mostly Batman related, Batman or Superman, and because those are the, the big names at DC, where the the non regular comic book readers, that's what they're going to know, and they're that's what they're going to want to buy. So I I think it's it's really cool and good that. Batman or Superman aren't aren't in in this movie, and I hope that this movie does well because we need this variety. You know, we need to see something different. So I, I think that it's it's really important to to get that. Having a Batwoman makes things a little more interesting, and I, I think it's good that yeah she wasn't essential for the role. You know, it could have been anyone, but you know, the, there was a, some like flirting part which was kind of made things a little interesting as well. So I I, I like that it mixes things up a little bit, whatever. So you have that, but she she was fine in it. You know, she she was important, but like I said, she could have easily been been any any character, any bat kind of related character. But it was it was nice to see Kate, you know, in in the movie. 
that you know so like i mentioned the animation the animation slick it looks good voice acting is good and everything like that you know and even like some of the the, the weird english dub feel to it i kind of like that because you know it, it feels like a english dubbed anime in, in in some cases but the overall story it's 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 decent it's good you know it didn't like blow me away but like i said i, I was interested for the whole time and it just looked really good. You know, I watched a 4K version and I, I I enjoyed it. You should check it out. So if if you're especially you know if you've been watching these movies for now, and if you want something that's not Batman or Superman, you know you definitely need to check this out. You know it's it may not be and I hate you know it sounds bad if I say this it may not be like the all time best one. You know it might not be your ultimate favorite one, but I I think it is good and important to just check out something different and you know it's just to, to see what else you know there could be so that's uh catwoman hunted um there were special features but they were like on the, the blu-ray disc and i didn't put it in the blu-ray disc so uh, i don't think there was very much on it because when i was watching i was like wow there's no special features that's that's kind of interesting it's just like stripped down and just let's just focus on a movie and that's fine but i, I think i think the special feature is just like a making of of the movie but you know i i think the movie in itself is is enough you know price admission or whatever so you should check it out all right and now the movie feature is uncharted so this is tom holland who plays the lead you know nathan drake and mark Wahlberg is in in this movie so it's based off a video game and I, so I, I think that's cool. You know, it, it's interesting seeing like the Sony logo at the beginning and seeing, you know, some other video game stuff and the whatever animated intro thing. Uncharted is, is, is a game that I've, I've always, a franchise that I've always wanted to play. I've always been fascinated with it. And, you know, I know a lot of people like it, but you know me and my time for video games. I just haven't been able to get around to, to playing it. Part of it is... You know, as, as as I realized my my limited time when it comes to like you know fifty dollars for games, like I don't want to pay fifty dollars for a game that I'm not going to have time to, to play. So then I kind of wait and stuff like that. And I I, I mentioned I, I do have I think it's Uncharted two. I don't even know now. It's Uncharted two, but I think it's for the PlayStation three. Um, at my school, there was like someone had like like in the copy room, or whatever, was like free games, or you know, it's just like a used copy of Uncharted Two. And I was like, oh, I'll take that. But then I was like, oh wait, this is PlayStation Three. I don't even have my. Well, I do have. Is my PlayStation Three hooked up? Because uh, I have you know PlayStation Four hooked up. So yeah, I I haven't played that. So I want to, and maybe I, I should at some point, you know, just just check it out and everything because it it's it seems like the type of game I would like. So as far as the movie itself, you know, Tom Holland, doesn't everyone love Tom Holland? I think that that's a given. I like Mark Wahlberg. I know there's some, you know, some people are kind of you know on the fence with him, how they feel about him. But I, I've enjoyed the movies that he's done. You know, they haven't all been works of art or anything like that. But, you know, there, there's something about it. And as far as the movie goes, you know, it's it's basically like, you know, lost treasure, you know, adventure around the world, globe trotting, you know, story like that. The unfortunate thing is it's a it's it's just a okay, you know, movie. Um, One of the interesting things, though, is what I didn't realize so much. So Nathan Drake, his ancestor, Sir Francis Drake, um, isn't Sir Francis Drake like not really the nicest person? You know, in my my area, there is a, a high school called Drake, 
and it was named after Sir Francis Drake. And there is a whole thing, you know, after Black Lives Matter, where it's like, wait, you know, this school is is named after this dude who's not the most upstanding citizen in history or whatever. So anyways, but you have that. So the movie gives us a flashback. You know, we see young Nathan Drake and his brother, you know, the whole story and and how the whole like hunger for maps and history and, and everything like that started. And then something happens and basically they get separated, you know, and uh, Nathan ends up not seeing his brother for like a long time. And, and then in comes Mark Wahlberg, who kind of, you know, sets things up. He wants to go on this big mission and he wants to bring him in to help him solve. And, you know, it's, all this, it's all about gold and, and stuff like that. And it turns out to like, does he know he, he knew his brother at some point? And, you know, so like what's going on? What, what's the big, big, you know, secret? What's what's the connection and everything like that? So it, it kind of goes at, you know, at, at first, you know, Nathan's he's like not really interested. He's like, that's OK. I'm fine. And, you know, he's he's perfectly content. He's a bartender. You know, he he doesn't seem like obsessed or fascinated with trying to make loads and loads of money, which is good you know he's he's content with his life he's kind of like a a slight con artist or pickpocket which isn't the best thing but you know whatever i guess you do what you got to do and um so then you know soon it it, it turns out where they're gonna get mixed up in in this you know this big adventure and oh i I didn't mention tony banderas is in it also so it it was good to see him in, in here and as they they go up, you know, digging through the clues and trying to go to different places, uncover things. Of course, there's you know opposing. Antonio Banderas is like the opposing force, and you know he's he's got people working for him, and you know that's going to cause some some conflict for for Nathan Drake and Sully, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and you know it's going to be a race against time. You know who's going to betray who, and what's going to happen. Who's you know this and that, and big traps and dangers and. So overall, I mean, it, it's like it's almost like a by the numbers movie where it has like all the elements, you know, it's trying to do all the big things. And you got these adventures, you got these different locations, you got, you know, the, the big, you know, mythical treasure, um, you got you know, action scenes, you, you got, you know, good looking guys, good looking girls, you got, you know, action, I guess not really romance, but just it like has everything. But it's I don't know, it just something felt like it was missing the, like there there wasn't quite something there some things kind of happened a little too too fast and easy you know that the fact that nathan drake is he's like i said he's just a regular bartender but he is like super fit okay he's young he wants to stay in shape that's great but he's like very skilled acrobatic and you know all this stuff which doesn't seem typical for just someone who's just living a life of a bartender you know like what are you doing like what it's almost like what are you training for you know it's one thing if you're going to be a globe trotting treasure hunter or whatever then yeah you want to be in the best possible condition so you can run and do all this stuff and you know avoid traps and and you know whatever might might come at you but he's just it, it's just it seems like it's it's just a bit much <laughs> and i know it's a movie and we're, we're supposed to overlook that but it, it just it almost got a little distracting at, at times and you know he's he's witty and charming of course because you know if he wasn't he'd be boring and you know no one wants to see that so it's it's a, as i'm watching the movie you know I'm, I'm trying to just enjoy the movie for a piece of entertainment and that's what you should do that's what you're going to want to do if you're going to see it 
But at the same time, I'm looking at some things. I'm just like, that that's just it's like that's too easy that's too convenient whatever and and you know that's where i i start getting distracted but you know you, we shouldn't let that that stuff bother us i guess you know it, it, you shouldn't let that get in the way but over i mean the, the, the story is a story and it, you know there there i guess there's some surprise you know it's not like everything is totally predictable and how it's going to go you know there there's like a couple things like whoa you know i didn't wasn't expecting that to happen but it, it's not like totally outside the realm of possibility you know, where it's like okay yeah i can see that it makes sense that they would do that you know it's it's not too far-fetched but at the same time it's like okay so there you know some things i, I think i mentioned might be a little convenient the way certain things happen but it's, it's fine so overall with the movie I can't say that I loved it or anything like that. You know, I, I wasn't like completely blown away, edge of my seat. I was entertained for the most part. And I, I think it's just because of the charm of the actors. Um, you know, the, the story was was fine. And, you know, I don't mean I know fine. Just saying it's fine might sound bad, but it's it was enough to, to keep me interested. But I wasn't like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen? You know, I wasn't like just like, uh, you know, waiting, you know, uh, that, that's that's too bad. Uh, you know, it, it feels like it could be because I I would love a great adventure movie. You know, we're waiting for Indiana Jones or you know even National Treasure. I know you know like my daughter loved that movie when she was a kid. You know, I don't know if she's watched it lately, but you know it's like we we want these type of movies because there's something fun about it. You know, just going out and discovering all the stuff or you know whatever, and it feels like with you know Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, there's like there's a lot of potential there. To you know, make this, but the other thing is like Mark Wahlberg, his character is supposed to be older, right? Um, whatever. So I think there is a potential here for a good franchise. I but with today's, you know, with everything happening, theater, limited theater, limited audiences, I don't know. I mean, there there is a mid credit scene that blatantly. I mean, there's there's two things that are set up. There's one thing like right at the very end of the movie that you know leaves you kind of wondering like okay what does this mean and that you kind of see coming but then and there's a mid legit mid credit scene that totally sets up a sequel it like totally leaves you hanging because it even comes to something it's like wait what it just like stops it's not even like a complete scene and it just leaves you hanging so like okay what what is going on like what and you know we can only guess we have no idea so that's a little annoying. My fear is like, what What if we never get a sequel? We'll never know. Oh, well. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do want to know. So we'll see. It'd be, be nice if if it could get a sequel. The budget is $120 million, reportedly. And I think um, I think it might only be like $25 million. I don't know how well it's going to do this, this weekend. I'm trying to think. This is, um, well, it's President's Day weekend. So there could be the potential for it to do well. Um, let's see. In the United States and Canada, it was released alongside Dog. Projected to gross 25 to 40 million. Um, and it earned an estimated 3.7 million from Thursday night previews. That includes uh, s- some money for me. Um, outside the United States, it grossed 21.5 million, opening weekend for 15 international markets. It opened in first place at the box office in this market, including the United Kingdom with 6.4 million, Russia 4.5, Spain 3.5 million. Um, the film's international opening gross was reported to be ahead of its 
Oh, the debuts of Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. Okay. So if it does, even if it does $40 million, $40 million on a $120 million budget, I don't know. So we'll have to see. Um, hopefully it, it has a chance to do well because, like I said, I, I would watch more. I want it to be successful. Who knows if it will be or not. So we'll just have to have to wait and see. So that was Uncharted. And, you know, it is, like I said, it's, if you like the actors and if, if you like, well, if you like, if you really like the game, you might be disappointed. Since I haven't played the games, you know, I've, I've seen the games. I haven't played it. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen it, like, I think at the Giant Bomb office. So it's hard to say, like, if a hardcore um, fan of it would be just appalled by this, maybe. But if you just look at it as an adventure movie, it was, it was okay. You know, it, it's, it's a fun movie, you know, eat your popcorn, watch the movie. It's just not great, but not being, you know, not everything has to be great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with good, I guess. So that is uncharted. See it. If I, I think, I think it's worth checking out. Just don't have super high expectations. All right, so that's going to be the podcast. Don't have high expectations for this this show or my outro either, because um, this is kind of short. But that's fine. I'm I I I beat. So I, I'll try to bring raise the game next week. <laughs> so that is going to be a big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to Patreon.com/slash/GManFromHeck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. And if you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the Secret Podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Um, this coming week, we're going to end the look back at the live-action Resident Evil movies. So uh, I think this week is the final chapter. And um, yeah, I got some things to say about that. So it's going to be an extra exercised secret podcast this week. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gman from heck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or four. That is ko-fi.com slash gman from heck. All right, what are we going to get next week? So there, that doesn't appear to be anything opening in theaters next week. Um, I mentioned I will talk about Severance. Um, as far as TV goes, what am I going to talk about? I think Superman and Lois might be coming back this this week. I, I could be wrong. So we don't have Peacemaker, but we'll have Servant. Um, we'll have Snowpiercer. I'll probably, probably talk about Severance. Um, I, I should definitely talk about Severance. But then uh, as far as the big feature, so it's going to be uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that opened Friday the 18th on Netflix. And um, obviously I didn't talk about it in this episode. So kind of purpose, it came out on Friday. That's like borderline for me. Am I going to be able to watch in time to record and edit and do all that stuff and, and try to enjoy my weekend? <laughs> um, but I figured since there's nothing coming out this week, it would be good to, to have it then. So let's watch it. Um, it's on Netflix. Check it out before, unless you like spoilers, but watch it so we can discuss it together. I can talk about it. And you can listen to me and you can see if you agree or disagree. So that is going to be it for this show. It's a little, little shorter this week, but like I said, I, I need a breather and the, the secret podcast will definitely make up for it. If you're listening to that, um, patreon.com, please, please. And thank you. Um, I hope you have a great week. If I am going to try to relax and catch up on some stuff, I hope you find some time to enjoy yourself, to do something fun, 
do something for nice for yourself. Do something nice for others too. Um, even if it's just you know, just say something nice. You know, do someone a favor, or whatever. Get someone some flowers or candy. I don't know. Um, but I hope you're you're taking care of yourself, and I really hope you remember to be good to each other.